Welcome to Flip the Switch on Life podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Marie. I'm an embodiment life coach here to help you live an empowered and soulful life. I guide women towards self-healing to take back their power so that they can start living life by their own rules and embrace their true authenticity. This podcast is your go-to where I will be giving you all the tools and resources to start the process of self-healing, doing the deep inner work, and developing your spiritual wellness. There is so much power in embodying your true self, but we often allow fear and comfortability control our lives keep us playing small and settling for less than we deserve. By learning to rewire your subconscious, you will discover your truest and your highest self. You will learn how to take back control and flip the switch on your life. So thank you so much for listening. Now let's get into the episode. Good afternoon, my loves. I'm so excited to dive into today's episode. We are diving into all things feminine sexuality, sensuality, reclaiming ourselves, reclaiming the goddess within. And each and every one of you listening, you have goddess within you. You have life force within you. And I think sometimes we forget how to tap into our sacred femininity through the sensuality, through our senses, through our natural way of being, our birthright. And so I have a very special guest, Miss Suzanne Zephyr, who is a feminine embodiment coach, a cacao and flower master ceremonialist, yoga and dance teacher. She is also certified in Thai yoga massage, Reiki, and chakra dance. She also holds an international MBA and is a business professor for TCU and a mentor for women in creating wealth through a thriving soul business. Suzanne has lived over a decade in the Middle East and Asia and draws wisdom from her extensive world of travel and studies. She offers cacao and flower tea facilitator training, one-on-one mentorships, and plant medicine ceremonies. And most importantly, she is a mother physically, spiritually, and enjoys nurturing and supporting women to step into their leadership roles. And so we're diving into not only the feminine power of our sacred sensuality or sexuality and, and really decreasing or dismantling, I should say, of the polarity, of the taboo, of expressing ourselves more sensually, but also as a mother and what Suzanne has moved through um, moving into motherhood, her sharing that this was a new sexual identity for her, an identity shift to move into motherhood and how it's actually been the flowering and the epitome of what it means for feminine sexuality. So I'm so excited for this conversation. Um, We also give you tips and tricks and um, experiences that you can take on your own to start feeling more comfortable in your skin, more comfortable in your femininity, and ultimately allow yourself to fully express yourself as your fullest. So let's get right in. Hello and welcome back to another episode on Flip the Switch on Life podcast. I'm so excited to have my dear friend Suzanne here with us today. Hi, Suzanne. How are you doing today on this beautiful evening, afternoon? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for inviting me here today. Thank you for all the beautiful ways that you show up online. And I'm feeling just, I'm feeling like, I'm in this 
flow of having so much to do and so much happening and at the same time feeling feeling very like full and capable of all of that mm. <laughs> so so yeah it's um I feel like I'm in a very full phase of life right now and uh, it feels really good to be here with you and to have a chance to express some of that fullness and and share my heart with the world so thank you mm, so excited to have you here and um we were talking a lot about the topics we're going to dive into um but before we even get to that place I'd love to just hear a little bit more and I'd love our audience to hear a little bit more about you and like who you are and what you're up to and all the things that make you you. I think like many of us in this online coaching space, I have, I feel like I have several different titles, <laughs> I have several different yeah. um, descriptions of who I am and what I do. And the one that I always mention first is I am a mama. And mm-hmm. I feel like that covers a lot of, of who I am and how I'm expressing myself in life, not only to my little four-year-old son, but also in the way that I show up and mentor and coach clients online. So I'm a feminine embodiment coach and master ceremonialist. I work a lot with uh, plant medicines like cacao and flowers to help us alchemize and embody our feminine flow in life. And uh, I'm also a university professor. So. <laughs> like, wait, what? Wait, can we back up for a second? What do you What do you teach? Um, I teach in the Neely Business School at Texas Christian University. I teach family business and international management. So wow. it's a, a part time thing, but I really love the point where these different um, uh, these different hats that I wear emerge, which is business for good, um, spirituality, and empowering women on their path to their own sacred wealth. Mm, wow. I love that. Learned something new about you today. That's so beautiful. <laughs> um, and I would love to hear a little bit more. You mentioned like master ceremonialist and um, embodiment coaching. Tell us a little bit of how you got into those spaces, especially working with flowers and cacao. And for those that are new to cacao, um, it's a sacred cocoa bean that's it's chocolate. It's just chocolate. Uh, but the way that it's processed and the way that it's carried out and it can be very ceremonial and is kind of a big part of sister circles and um, just allowing yourself to open a little bit more through your heart. So I, so Suzanne, I'd love to hear a little bit more about like what, what is that for you and uh, how you got into all of that? Well, I began this uh, journey into um, uh, embodiment coaching and working with ceremonies in um I would say it really deeply in 2013. So it's been about 10 years now that I've been on this path. And I feel like we can only get so far with the mind. And I love mindset coaching and I love learning. I love knowledge. As I mentioned, I'm a professor as well. So I'm very connected to the intellectual realm. But I feel like for something to really to have more impact in our life and for us to see deeper change, deeper transformation, we need to bring that, that, that wisdom, that 
knowledge down into our heart, into our body, and then it becomes wisdom. It becomes experiential wisdom. Mm. And so when I use uh, things like cacao, which was one of my my first loves, one of my first teachers, I've been working with cacao for a long time. I grew cacao trees in Bali where my son was born. Mm. And um, it is, as you said, it is it is chocolate. Theobroma cacao is the chocolate tree, uh, but cacao is uh, that we use in ceremonies is processed and grown very differently than like a Hershey's chocolate bar. A Hershey's chocolate bar would be very highly processed. And so a lot of the the health benefits that are in cacao are not in that that chocolate bar because it's been so you know it's been it's been heated above boiling point it's been baked it's been had all sorts of things done to it because when we can get the cacao in a more pure form it has all these incredible um ways that it can it can benefit our body and and by using cacao, connecting the, you know, the, the wisdom, the intuition, the mind and intention with something that we're actually drinking and becoming one with. When we drink something, when we eat food, you know, that's a, that's a sacrament that's really becoming one with our body. And cacao is so good at really opening our heart on a physical level, on a visceral physical level. The theobromine helps the, um, the, the uh what do you call it the, the vessels i'm having trouble speaking the the vessels in our heart the vessels in our body our veins our arteries to actually expand it's a vasodilator so it helps us to bring that wisdom down bring it into the body and then through practices like dance through practices like breath work uh, ritual theater i'm able to again bring those bring those things out of ideation and into embodiment and and the body holds holds the keys to so much you know we're often like at odds with our body trying to get it to do certain things trying to force it to go the way we want it to go and um i like to work on these like kind of sub layers of just feeling into it and allowing it to express and allowing it to teach us mm. Love that so much. That's such a beautiful way of express um of sharing what cacao is. So thank you for that because I've never heard cacao expressed that way, but it really is. It's it's taking the ideation and allowing ourselves to connect with it in our bodies. And everything that we eat and drink is a part of, like you said, a sacrament. It's part of ourselves in that moment. So being mindful of what you eat and drink too um, is important as well. Uh, so I'm so excited to dive in today because I think that where we're headed in this space of reclaiming our feminine and reclaiming our sensuality, our sexuality is, is a place where I've been really going into a rabbit hole the last couple of months and just to connect with other like-minded women who I feel are a walking embodiment of this full self-expression of this really deep connection with their sensuality and their sexuality in a way where it's like, this woman is confident, she's powerful, and she knows who she is. And to me, that is what reclaiming the feminine is. 
And I know that there's so many different layers and I want to dive into the darkness and the light and, and, and the transmutation of all of that. However, in the moment, um, Suzanne, I would love to start with your story because something you specifically said that I think a lot of us can resonate is our identity shifting after really big, monumental, life-altering experiences, specifically saying that your sexual identity shifted after childbirth. And I think that is such a polarizing statement. And I think it's very um, taboo in a way because a lot of women, they lose themselves in marriage. They lose themselves after childbirth. And specifically when we're talking about reclaiming our sensuality, reclaiming our sexuality, and also being a mom, it is like, whoa, those don't mix and match. And so I'm really excited to hear more and, and allow us to hear more about your story of what that meant to you. And then we'll kind of dive in deeper in different avenues from there. Oh, I love, I love this topic. I love this journey. I feel like I've learned so much from my journey into motherhood. It's been by far and away, the most profound journey I've made into my own sensuality, sexuality, into the feminine, into understanding uh, what it is to to be a creatrix, mm. uh, be a um, array of the divine that is in all of us. And to preface this a little bit, I I grew up in a Bible Belt uh, area of America in Oklahoma to very conservative Christian parents. And was taught from the time I was little that it was sinful to express our sensuality, it was sinful to dress in a certain way, and there were a lot of rules and restrictions placed around me. And I went from, from that background out into the world, you know, into university, into college, into, um, you know, into travels all over the world. And went on my own journey of reclaiming and making it okay for me to be, it's okay for me to be sensual. It's okay for me to be a woman and be sexual. And I went on, you know, several decades of this journey mm-hmm. and felt like I was at a place where I was, I was quite empowered in my own sensuality and had let go of so much of the shame and so much of the um, conditioning that I had, had grown up with and really realized on an embodied level that my sensuality was innocent and beautiful and sacred and holy. And then I got pregnant and I had a baby. And it is so interesting to me now, having birthed a child and understanding that birth is the actual ultimate flowering of the sexual experience you know a baby is like the fruit of the tree right it's like um uh, you go to to pollination and flowering and here you have the the fruit and so birth is this um this this incredible portal uh, for a woman to to open up fully and express her her sexuality mm-hmm. and yet birth in our society and i'm talking about the western culture and and you know most cultures around the world in so many places it's like birth is seen as a you know it's an emergency and it's poor it's like in, in movies it's like this 
horror experience, you know, get yeah. to the doctor. Oh my God. The woman's screaming and yelling. Yes. And yep. It's, it's, it's not sexy at all. And, um, and then once it's not the baby- sacred at all, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then once the baby is born, it's like, as women, it's like this image of the mother that we are supposed to be doesn't have any room in it for sensuality and sexuality, even though mothers are the ones who've gone through the fullness of this experience. And as much as I had, you know, studied and embodied and practiced, when I entered that threshold, when I crossed that, after I had my son, and I had a beautiful birth, I had a orgasmic birth in a a pool of water in Bali in the jungle like it was it was it was the most divine experience the most empowering experience of my life and yet after I had the baby I suddenly started feeling like I couldn't wear sexy clothes anymore I needed to you know wear more loose or baggy things and I started buying things that were what I thought a mom would wear. And uh, Suzanne, I want to pause there for a second. And so what do you feel like it was for you? Because it sounds like, you know, you said you've been, you know, on this journey for 10 plus years. And so I'm not sure when you had Caleb. Um, How old is he now? He's almost five. Okay. So it was during this journey. So you were already like doing your own inner work. You were really connecting with yourself. Like you mentioned, like that is like the flowering uh, and also like the epitome of what it means to be like a sacred, sensual woman. Right. And so in your definition, so what was it for you and what do you feel like it is for maybe the moms listening out there that is like that turn of like, I have to like let myself all go and just like, I don't care about myself. I have to wear these type of clothes now. It's like, what do you feel like is that disconnect that women kind of automatically like take on unconsciously? I think it's, I think it's societal conditioning and the, um, the role models and the examples that we've had. So Mm -hmm. most of us have kind of two, two identities as a mother that, that we might take. One is the martyr mother, where it's it's like you just give everything for your children. You you bend over backwards for them. You're unconditionally loving and you give, 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 give. You take care of the household and your needs no longer matter. And this is this is seen in so many of our mothers. I see it. I saw it in my own mother. I saw it in both of my grandmothers. Yep. In our society in general, this caretaking role is not is not um, valued as as it should. And so, you know, mothers are undervalued and they're it's just like we're expected to give, give, give. And it's selfish, seen as selfish if we honor our own needs. So that's that's part of it. And then on the other side, there's the kind of boss moms or the 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 alcoholics. Yeah, that are like you know, have your baby, put them in, put them in daycare, get back to work in six weeks. And, and yeah, so those are kind of the the two models we're given. And yeah, there's just this undercurrent that probably goes back for, for many, many years of, of, you know, once you're a mom, you, you're no longer, you know, it's kind of like the Virgin Mother Mary Mm -hmm. (laughs) idea. It's like, you need to be this, um, pure giving uh 
uh, servant type role. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, all of your own needs get put on the back burner. I'm not, you know, there's, there's probably a lot of places it comes from, but those are, those are what I feel. Yeah. And I, and I, I, re- I recognize that with my own mom, like she raised me basically just on her own and I would say like financially raised me. She was the workaholic, not that she didn't want to be there for me, but she had to provide, you know, and my dad wasn't in the photo. And so my um, extended family took over and babysat me while she was gone. And so, yeah, I feel like she, in, in this essence, it was like, you know, she never really took care of herself. I mean, she ate really well. She cooked everything homemade. So I think there was that level and layer but she has always told me, I love you more than I love myself. And I think that's how it should be. And it's interesting because when we look at that and we're like, you know, and I think now in this new age, this new earth into this awakening that a lot of people and let's get specifically with women for a moment that women are going through. I mean, I've been on my my healing and spiritual journey over the last three years and it cracked me wide open to really recognize what society was and the conditioning and the programming and all that, that you're sharing. And I feel like for women, we're now in this place where we're starting to claim more of our independence. You know, the, the generation before us, the gen, uh, the gen Z, they're starting to be extremely independent and they're starting to almost break those societal norms of like what women looked like. And I feel like millennials started to do that own work. A lot of us are waking up collectively. And so I think that when we talk about, this like, I love you more than me. I need to neglect myself because that's how it's supposed to be. That's how my mom did it. That's how my grandma did it. You know, I think we're starting to really like take a step back and say, wait, I don't know if this is like how I want to live. Like, you know, a lot of my friends in my, in my childhood are pretty much basically married already having kids. And I'm like, I'm going to be 31 next exactly one week from today. And I'm just like, but wait, no, there's so much more for me to do, <laughs> you know, before I like get to that chapter. And I'm still kind of in my own head of like, is that right? Is that wrong? Like, should I be on a rush? All these things, right? And so just coming back to your point that we're starting to really start to think more for ourselves. And it can be really challenging when you're faced with the society that we live in, which is like wrong, right? And again, specifically when we're talking about sexuality and motherhood, they're very opposite on the spectrum. So, um, yes, Suzanne, uh, continue with your, uh, with your story on when you started to realize that unconscious, unconsciously that you need to start buying all these different clothes. Um, what, what was that turning point for you when you started to maybe second guess what you were doing or what did someone make a comment? Like, how did that kind of unravel? I'm trying to think if there was any like key event or key thing that, 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 help me realize, oh, wait, no, I can, I can be a mom and this. Um, Were you, um, sorry, another thing's coming up. Were you in a relationship at the time? And how did that like unfold with sexuality in that regard of being a mom too? No, I was not at the time. And I feel like I really went on this, this journey um, first and foremost solo. Like I really took time to, uh, just be focused on my son and raising him and explore my own sensuality and sexuality first and foremost for myself. Mm. 
the the realization that almost every mother has when she has a child, there is a necessary part of motherhood that requires that you give everything. Mm. There really is. And 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 I don't think you can go through the portal of motherhood uh without realizing this idea of like your mother said, I love you more than myself. Yeah. And that is is an incredible like it just cracks open your whole world when you realize a different type of love exists than you could have possibly ever known before and i can tell you there i would give my life for my son in a heartbeat like there no question if it came like not no hesitation not not even us you know like ooh, me but what you what i realize and what i think every mother realizes is she goes to this portal and as you give everything you realize that in giving everything to another, it, you see the oneness. Like my child is one with me. I'm, I'm. It's like that's giving to me as well. Mm-hmm. But to make that sustainable and for that to continue, I have to also fill myself and e- fill my cup. And as I nourish myself, and as I am selfish to a certain degree, I'm saying I need to get my needs met so that I can give to my son, so that I can give to the world, then we get in this um, flow of giving and receiving. And um, I think really, like for me, reclaiming my sexuality before I ever got with another partner, before I ever stepped into that, um, it was very much a solo journey of um, just taking time with myself, with other sisters. I remember you know, I think I think one of the key moments um, that that started to shift this, like I'm, you know, I can't be sexy because I'm a mother, was in a, in a sacred women's circle in Bali, uh, where I went uh, and I'd just been, you know, momming, 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 and not really like paying attention to my own my own needs. And I went to this women's circle that was a it was actually a Mary Magdalene feast day event, and uh, as part of the as part of the the ceremony that we were doing we had an opportunity to dance in front of the other women mm-hmm. and to the ex- to the degree that we would like to be clothed and so i had an opportunity to go in front of these women in front of all these gazes all these eyes and and really express my sensual and sexual nature in a very sacred way in a very holy way and I remember you know looking at the eyes of the women as I danced in front of them and seeing tears in every single woman's eyes and and crying myself Mm -hmm. and I think that was like one of the first times that I really realized hey like just because I'm a mom doesn't mean that this part of my life is over in Mm -hmm. fact it means that this part of my life is beginning to flower in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. And I really, if there's any like new moms out there that are listening to this or moms who feel like they've, you know, you, when you go through all these body changes, everything shifts and changes and you're like, well, I don't even know who I am anymore. I really encourage you to, to take those steps in, in, in reclaiming, your, your own body, reclaiming your sensuality, which is your senses and really feeling and really, um, really just loving up on, on this, this form, this beautiful, this beautiful body that how, whatever shape, whatever size, whatever color it is in and allowing it to, to, to continue to flower because 
this goes on, you know, from motherhood into, I'm talking to women who are, you know, in going through menopause and I have a client who's in her seventies and they're still exploring their sexuality, still flowering. This is a lifelong process. It doesn't end with motherhood. It doesn't end with menopause. It doesn't end when you're 80. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just being in that radiance and continually letting go of what society says we should do. Yeah. Ah, that's so beautiful. And I can only imagine how that could feel to be witnessed, um, especially after maybe feeling some shame um, in your body after giving birth and uh, yeah, like deciding, okay, like, do I have to take on a different identity? Um, I'd love to kind of dive a little bit deeper into the spaces of the sacredness of the sexuality and the sensuality and like what that actually means. Cause I feel like for a lot of people that aren't really doing this work, they might just think, okay, what does that mean? Just like touching yourself. Is that, um, like getting to know your body? Like what, what does that actually mean when we talk about the sacredness of the feminine sexuality and sensuality. And so Suzanne, like, what does that mean for you? And and how has that like started to unfold more um, as you've also, okay, this is going to be two part because it's coming up and I'm going to forget if I don't share it. So what does that mean to you? And then also, you know, you run your own business and you are online quite a bit on social media. You share yourself and, and how has that been unfolding again too with like being a mom and also like expressing the work that you do and the depth of your work? And yeah, I just would love to hear a little bit of, of both of those dynamics for you. Yeah, so to the first part of that, uh, for sacred sexuality or sacred sensuality, uh, for me, that means bringing, bringing, this, bringing sacredness, bringing holiness, bringing... Um, uh, one of the definitions I heard of sacred is is um, sacred comes from the the root word uh, sacrifice. It's like for that which you are willing to sacrifice for, that which is important to you. So bringing the thread of the divine of this um, uh, knowing that we are in connection to source, and like every breath that we breathe is a gift from from creatrix, creator, divine source, love, the universe. <laughs> Uh, whatever word we like to use for that and and connecting that with with our with our sacral energy with our with our sexuality like the lower part of our our um, chakras and just bringing that down like bringing the crown down to the the sacral and then bringing the sacral and the root up to the crown and mm -hmm. and realizing that it's all divine it's all it's all um it's all holy and like our bodies are a living prayer so that's the sacredness part of it the sensuality is we're in a body or we have these you know five senses six senses that we're feeling into the world and and allowing ourselves to feel it all uh, so we're so disconnected from our bodies you know like so many people in society it's like all in the head go to work you know, we don't even feel our feet. We don't, we don't, we don't move and we get, you know, stiff and we gain weight and like, we're not 
we're not really sensing the world. Mm-hmm. And, and then with the sexuality, I, I believe our sexuality is first and foremost for ourselves. And um, it is it is for us to express for our own pleasure, for our own radiance, first and foremost. And and so these practice like you can practice sacred sexuality with or without a partner. And much of much of my journey um, was on my own, like really diving into that. And there's practices like uh, using the jade egg, which comes from Taoist uh, sexual traditions. That's one that I've been using for many, many, many years now, and just really helps us connect to our to our yoni, connect to um, the the sacral center, connect to that life force because that's what it really is I mean birth a child we realize like our sexuality is it's creative life force mm-hmm. and connecting to that power as a woman connecting to that and then letting that be a, a guide letting that be a center point from which we go and express ourselves in the world mm-hmm. and and this will lead into your next topic and um, the, you know, how do we show up online and in business and with, with our sensuality and our sexuality. Um, whenever we, whenever we connect to that truly, it's like we find this inner core in and of ourselves and realize that I think that, you know, when I was in my twenties, I was, I was so often like trying to achieve some ideal of beauty and you as someone who's been a fitness instructor, you know, I've similarly done a lot of yoga instructor and was a kickboxing instructor for a while and, you know, doing triathlons. And I was always trying to pers- get this like perfect Barbie, Barbie-esque like mm-hmm. in the world. And it was very much, you know, that's what I thought I should look like. Well, that's yeah. all sh- and the journey of sacred sexuality and it's now an inner it's an inner thing um when i show up in the world uh i no longer it's taken me you know decades to be able to clear away everything that society has told me about how i should look and what i should be and i am not dressing for others to look at me and to you know to be like oh i'm trying to be attractive for this person or that person i'm dressing for my own goddess within. I'm dressing because I am a sensual, sexual being, and I feel empowered expressing that in the world. And and it's first and foremost for me. And how does that translate into, into my business and being online? I have noticed I came up to a, into a lot of resistance when it came to Oh, can I post a photo of myself in a bikini as a mom? Mm. And actually, I've I've had you know some comments and backlash from people. Do you feel safe posting that as a mom? Mm. <laughs> and like, what is what does it mean by safe posting that? Like, what is that actually like? What are they actually saying? Safe. You know, that's that's a subject to interpretation. I'm not really sure, but I think it's more reflection on how safe do they feel in their own expression of mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I yeah, 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 yeah. And I just like got goosebumps because I, I truly feel that that's what it is. It's safe in the way of like of what? Like I'm in no harm. And just because I'm a mom, it's, it's unsafe to, to post something that feels, 
maybe unsafe for you. And I think it's just a direct mirror of reflection of the parts of ourselves that don't feel free. And I think truly that's what envy is, right? That's what jealousy is, is where I want something that you have, or I now desire something that I don't think is available for me. And that's, it projects from into jealousy or envy. Um, So it, it is interesting to hear the word like, safe to post X online when you're a mother. <laughs> and I've now I've now taken a turn in, in this road. And I feel like it's really important for me to share photos and images of myself where I'm in my radiance and where mm-hmm. I'm expressing myself in a way that for me feels feels really wholesome and and right. Yeah and true and say you know what I am I am the best mother I can possibly be I devote myself to my son and his you know his education and his life and I love I love the term stand for the and we can be this and we can yes and at the same time you know I get to I can I can post a picture of me dancing I can post a picture of me in a bikini whether my body looks good or not, you know, according to societal standards, like that is part of my expression in the world. And I really felt like the more that I own that, it empowers other women to do so as well. It empowers other, other mothers. And honestly, there's, there's some amazing influencers online. I'm thinking of a few right now who, who are mothers and do share their journey and to share their bodies. And um, I've been really empowered by them. I've been really uh, in deep admiration, a lot of, of those who've had the courage to stand up and, and do that. And so, so yeah, I feel like it's, um, it's a part for me to play as a, a, a part of the feminine because we are all mm-hmm. one of this, you know, this great divine feminine um, that's flowing and each woman is a, is like a, a spectrum of that. And, um, you know, I, I know what feels wholesome and good and true for me. And I just keep stepping into that and stepping into that. And for those who are scared of it or triggered by it, I just, you know, I bless them and invite them to find their own expression that, that, that is their God-given right. Yeah. And I think it's also challenging too when, you know, you might be in a marriage or in a relationship and you are a mother or even if you're not a mother um, and it's hard to express yourself because I do feel that men play a vital role in how we have shown up in the past and how we've been oppressed in the past. And so, Suzanne, what do you feel like is something like how has that that's a question instead of a tip in the moment. How has that, if at all, affected you when you've been maybe dating or when you've been getting in different relationships and, you know, still showing up as your authentic self-expressed woman and your sensuality and your sexuality and being a mother, has that at all played a role into your dating life? You know, I think the men that I have, that I've dated have been very much forward thinking <laughs> conscious men that um that I think have been really supportive of, of the way that I show up and and I you know I, I don't think I would choose to date a man who didn't support me in that mm. way. And yeah, I I can imagine for some men it might be triggering or they might those would not be the men for me. <laughs> so <laughs> 
so so yeah and you know what what I share you know I'm I I I feel like you know most of my followers I would say 70 to 80 percent on both my Facebook and Instagram are all women so so most of the people following me are women and I actually get very very few uncalled for comments or solicitations from men and I feel like that's because my energy is really you know it's when, when I'm when I'm sharing a picture of me in my body, it's not a, Ooh, come, come get me, you know, kind of thing. Yes. That energy I'm sharing. This is just my, me and my joy. This is mm. me and my expression and my embodiment. And, and I think uh, you and I have talked about this before. I, I think that energy is, is, is felt. Yeah. And for the few odd random comments, like, I mean, I've rarely get them, you know, like less than once a month, once a quarter, you know, I just delete and block, <laughs> move on. Yeah. And I've been so, I've been so grateful for the men in my life and how they have supported me mm-hmm. in being uh, even more empowered in my, my own expression. And I think that's something to witness too, and also share that there are men out there that are in add-on, in addition, a support to allow ourselves to fully express because if you really think about it in this way, in the context of what we're sharing, they are a part of the sacredness of sexuality and of femininity and of um, sensuality. And so to see a woman in her power to me is she's rooted in her sensuality, in her life force, in her femininity and a man that can hold that and then say like fuck yes like keep being you the most authentic most expressed version of you I'm not intimidated by you I think that are just intimidated by the power of women and so when we express ourselves in that way it can take them out to putting air quotes here take them out of their masculinity but I think a true divine man would really hold you and say keep sharing so I think it's really beautiful that you've had those experiences, especially being a mother and especially the work that you do. And then also um, sharing your work online. I think that's, again, such a um, such a beautiful dismantle and a reframe and also example of what women can look up to and say, I don't have to lose myself in my marriage. I don't have to lose myself in another person. I don't have to lose myself after I move through a major life change. Um, Because I think for me, I'm not a mom yet, but I've started to realize there have been so many opportunities for me to deep, like deepen my expression of self and of my sexuality, of my sensuality. And like you said, for me, and I think proof is in the pudding there when you're sharing that when you share yourself, like women are praising you, women are holding you versus, you know, getting those comments. Cause to, like you said, the energy that you're putting in there is, is what you're receiving back, which is love, support, empowerment, inspiration from other women. Yeah. And I will, I will add to that, that comment about, about the men. I actually feel like when I've been in a relationship with a, with a man that's, that's been solid and I feel very held in that container, it actually empowers me to share more. Mm. And, um, and because it's, it's also, it also, I feel like weeds out some of the men who might be looking at me with a different intention, because if they know I'm in a relationship there, they know this is, you know, this isn't, this isn't for anybody (laughs) to, to, you know, to try to draw someone in, um, 
it's, it's, yeah, it's, I feel like it's easier when I'm in a solid relationship, when I'm in a container Mm -hmm. that um, my man supports me and it's very clear. This is who I am with. This is where my, my undivided attention is going in this union. Um, It makes it very clear that what I'm sharing is, yeah, it's not for, it's not for attracting men. It's not for the male gaze. It's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's for personal expression. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, before we get into our last little part of like giving, you know, others practical tips, something I would love us to kind of share is um, the, what it feels like to feel liberated in that way of like self-expression. Um, I just got back from my own women's retreat that I held in Taos, New Mexico. And, um, you know, we did a lot of work of like unraveling a lot of the layers of shame and of, you know, healing emotionally to get to ourselves, get ourselves into a place of empowerment to like move forward on our dreams and our goals. But one workshop that I did that I that was really vulnerable for me, but I'm so proud of myself for just, you know, going all in was I held this sacred shame embodiment practice. It was basically like an ecstatic dance in a way, but like moving through shame and vulnerability. And so I, it's hard to describe unless if you've been in those experiences, which I know Suzanne, you have, but it's like, what does that get to feel like for women that are listening on the other side of this, that maybe are too afraid to express themselves or too afraid to, um, really embrace their individuality and their authenticity. Um, what does it get to feel like in your body when you feel like that freedom of moving through the shame and moving through, um, how your body just wants to express itself? Mm -hmm. Into that for a second. <laughs> for me, when I feel like I'm, I'm really allowing my sensuality and my sexuality to flow through me. When I feel like I'm really in touch with that creatrix, with that creative life flow, I open the door and I walk out, and it doesn't really matter what I'm wearing. It could be my tank top and old shorts, and my hair is a messy bun. Or it could be, you know, a long flowing dress. And it feels like making love in every moment to mm-hmm. every aspect of, of, of nature and the divine. You know, I walk out and I feel the breeze on my skin and I just feel like it just feels so pleasurable and so delightful. And I look down and I see a flower and I feel this, you know, this sort of orgasmic reciprocity through this, this opening of this flower and the flower in my own heart. And it's just kind of walking in this, this peaceful grace and this um, open surrender to, to the universe, to God and, and feeling in flow with all of that, just feeling the harmony of that. And um, I can't say that I'm in that state all time every day, but I, I try to make sure I'm at least there every day for some point. I love to go walking in this beautiful nature preserve near my house and you know take off my shoes and breathe into the earth and feel into my body, feel into the womb, feel into the heart and allow all of all of nature to be uh, expressed through me and like you know our sexuality it's 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 nature it's creation it's it's life it's life force and and the feeling of that is just it's natural yeah it's natural and it 
feels fully alive. I feel like a flower. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Fully blossomed. I love that. I love that expression of making love um, with every step and with every touch. And because I think like when we do make love, it feels so natural and so blissful and joyful. And it's like to feel that with your own body is like, and I don't mean in a sexual pleasure way. I mean, literally like feeling so alive in yourself. And I, I really resonate with what you're sharing because as I've started to express myself more organically online and um, it just felt so good. It felt so like, this is me. This is me. And I've been, you know, on my own personal journey, diving deeper into my sexuality, into my sensuality and what it actually means to really allow ourselves to be the fullest expression of ourselves. And I think for women, that is embracing our bodies and we're so deeply ashamed of them. We're we're working ourselves out of that. But for me, embracing your sensual and sexuality is just feeling like you in the most confident way without feeling the judgment, without allowing other people's comments. It's just like, it's almost like this like invisible shield that you have on when you're walking around. It's just like, "Mm, yeah, this is me. And it feels so good. And the right people are going to gravitate and I'm going to, I get to claim all my desires. And I think that there's like this level of, at least in my experience, and I'm sure for you too, when we get to open ourselves up in that way where it feels empowering. Yeah, we feel empowered when we're in our sexuality and our sensuality. And when we feel empowered, our desires start to like attract like magnets to us because I feel there is a level of naturalness that is occurring when we're like, it's a birthright to be in those states. And I think it's a birthright to be remembered of how sacred we are and how powerful as fucking women we are. And so when we're embracing all of our fullness, and I mean fullness in like the essence of like dressing how you want, expressing yourself how you want, saying what you want, being rooted in your beliefs and allowing yourself to fully embrace all that you are physically, mentally, sexually, spiritually, you start to feel like you can attract anything, your desires, your dreams, your manifestations, your partner. And so, yeah, I I think for me, it's like this full embodiment of confidence that I've just never felt before that no one can like take away. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I just want to remark too that I really feel that in you and I see that in you. You know, I've seen you in person and we know each other in in real life, which sometimes isn't the case with (laughs) a lot of these online entrepreneurs. And I feel that radiating from you in person and I very much feel it in your online presence. I just feel, you know, it just, it just feels authentic. It feels real. It, and I feel that confidence and, and it's magnetizing. I love it. And, and I just so appreciate that. And likewise, oh my gosh, likewise, Suzanne. Um, and so the last part of, to wrap this all up in a beautiful little bow is let's talk about some like tips and practical like ways that anyone listening here could, you know, start to practice their confidence within themselves. Um, and like maybe even like moving from this, moving into a self-acceptance of like embracing all that they want to be. What would be like a few tips that you would give somebody listening right now? Well, 
the the first one that I that I have, and I, I think I alluded to it earlier, is when you get dressed, when you put on your makeup or don't put on your makeup or don't get dressed, whatever it is for you, when you're getting ready to show up in the world, ask the question, how does the divine within me, how does the goddess within me, how does that sensual muse that exists within me, how does she feel today? How does she want to be expressed? And then dress for that, mm. eat for that, show up for that. And it, it takes the, the validation from the external world to the internal world. And, and you know, what, what fabrics feel really good on my skin? You know, regardless of how it might look sometimes, how does it, how does it feel on me? How, how does this, this dress, this um, shawl or whatever, how does it make me feel? Um, and, and for me, for about a year, that meant wearing no makeup, and like, um, not shaving and just, you know, really going full jungle mama at one point and like, and, and then other points, it's like, you know what, I'm going to put on my high heels and I'm going to put on the black dress because on some red lipstick, because just for a moment, I want to feel that thread of the goddess, but it's, it's again, it's, mm. it's internal source. And, and they're the, the, we're so, we're always looking at what do other people think, you know, and we start having this comparison with other people. And in, in our talk before this, you mentioned something about, you know, the comparison and jealousy. And I want to pass it back to you just because you said it in such a better way than, than I could probably express how, how, and um, yeah, how to let go of comparison. So I'm going to pass that one back to you. <laughs> I well, first I want to say that I think that's a beautiful way to just start connecting with yourself and your body is like, the goddess within because we're all goddesses no matter it doesn't even it's not even like a look it's an embody it's a feeling of like I'm in my power like however that is and like connecting with that in a way you're just being intentional with everything that you're doing I think is such a great way for people to start and yeah I think the comparison essence is is it's challenging you know because we see how things are supposed sorry supposed to be quotation marks um and what we've grown up with, the environment that we're in. And I think it's a conscious effort to get out of that environment, get out of that thought process of I need to look like that or, oh, that's wrong, right? And again, these stigmas of I'm a mom, I'm married, I'm this, I can't be this, I can't show too much skin, I can't do this X, 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 and Y, and Z. And so I think the way that we start to get out of comparison is really connecting with ourselves in a way of what feels good for me and how do I get to show up. And um, this is a little bit more of more lack of embodiment, but more of a, I guess, invitation, because in my own experience, I started to unravel and unleash, if you will, my more feminine sensuality when I let go of a lot of things that were deeply holding me back. And it wasn't that um, those specific things were like, oh, you can't be sexual. You can't like show your skin. It was almost like this. I feel like when we hold on to things that aren't serving us anymore and we're growing, we're expanding, we're evolving. And if we're in relationships, if we're in friendships, if we're in um, work environments, a physical environment, that will hold you back from your fullest expression. And again, as we've just discussed and we both agree on, the 
feminine sexuality and sensuality of a woman is her fullest expression, her aliveness, her life force. So if there's anything that is muting you in those connections to yourself, to your life force, to the divine feminine within you, then yeah, you're going to feel muted. And when I started to really let go of people, of environments, of belief systems, it was like, it just naturally came out. It's like, I want to fucking wear a bikini and I want to post it on my Instagram and I want to pose in the way that I want to pose. That makes me feel like I'm in my power stance. And there was no rhyme or reason. There was no external validation. It was just like, this is the new expression of myself that is like here and now and present. And I have nothing else to say other than there were things in people that were muting that unconsciously that I didn't recognize. And also my abortion that I had 14 years ago, when I didn't really identify with it, I completely like suppressed it. It came up last year after the Road versus Wade um, campaign was happening. And so it was just came up like word vomit. And that was another thing that, again, held me back from my fullest expression and of the connection to my life force. So I think the way that we get out of comparison and self-judgment is to really look at ourselves and say, what is holding us back from the fullest expression of ourselves? And when your unconscious mind starts to bring up all of those things, it's really taking a hard look and saying, okay, like, am I ready to let go of some of those things so that I can really step into my power and my magic and I can go on and on and on. But um, it's been not only an improvement in my self-image, but also the way that I'm showing up in my business to my clients, attracting new business, attracting new clients. It's not just because I just evolved into a new, um, like I've, I've gained more uh, experience. It's, it's really, I think, my energy that is now shifted and expanded and now uncapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another tip, another tip that I want to make sure we get in here is I have found finding sacred women's circles. I know you just held a retreat. So you get in that. And uh, you and I are just about to enter into another container together with some other sisters. Being able to find women who are conscious, like finding a sacred sisterhood. Uh, whether that's in person, whether that's online, you know, sometimes women live in kind of remote places and they don't have any like-minded sisters yeah. there that can really hold them. But I, I think finding those spaces where we can kind of start to open our wings and express ourselves and be seen by women only, there's something really special about women only containers, women only events, especially when we've, we've been you know, our whole lives, we've been growing up in this patriarchy and we've been conditioned in so many ways to kind of get away from that and to create a safe little bubble for us to start to express is incredibly healing. And so I I recommend that to to women, like find, find some women, (laughs) whether online, whether in your, in your local community uh, or off at a retreat where, where you can have that experience because that has been so transformational for me. And it's, it's just part of my life now. Like I, I, every month I need to have my, you know, my sisters, I need to have that time so that I, I continue to, to flourish and grow. Like women are like, you know, they're like the fertilizer or the water that helps our garden grow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think that like, first and foremost, like just get yourself into a space with other women to be vulnerable, to, um, witness 
other women in their power or their uh, discomfort. Because I think just like you said, there's something so sacred about holding space for other women and also being witnessed. That is just so transformative that, um, yeah, it will really help you express yourself authentically in whatever way that is and tap into your own goddessness. And I think that's ultimately it. Um, Suzanne, thank you so much for this conversation. I feel like we could have talked for another hour. Before (laughs) I let you go, how can we connect with you? Are you working on anything right now that we can get involved in? Uh, So my Instagram and Facebook are both Suzanne Zephyr, Z-E-P-H-Y-R. And I, I have my signature program, which is the cacao and flower tea facilitator training. Um, that is open for enrollment. And it is the thing that I perhaps am the most passionate and excited about and the thing I've been offering for the longest. So, so that's available. And, uh, and yeah, connect with me, send me a message. I would love to hear how this landed with, with those who listened and how I can be in service to your flowering and your growth and expression and especially to new mamas I have a big big heart for them finding that way to fill our own cup is so important we need mamas in the world yeah and we need women who are in embodiment and a role model for what women can come back home to after birth in that dynamic, which I think is so powerful. And I think you're just such a beautiful embodiment and inspiration to, to that. So thank you for just sharing your light and your wisdom and your authenticity and your fullest expression in aliveness, um, and in person and online, just, yeah, thank you so much. And also thank you so much for this conversation. Um, I think everyone listening just really got so much from it. I know, I know I did. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Flip the Switch on Life. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you appreciate the show, please jump over to iTunes, give us some stars. If you're feeling for it, write a review. And if you want to learn more about these topics that we discussed today, check out the show notes for more information. Or you can also come hang out, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Instagram is Jessica Marie Step, And I will see you guys next week.